Andy, verse 10 is where we will be this morning. This is a psalm of Moses, the only psalm attributed to Moses in the psalms. Some have said that this was not the Moses that maybe we're mostly familiar with in the early part of the Old Testament in Exodus. Uh, but I believe it probably was. There are some, some who believe that, but most would argue that this certainly uh, would be words that were written by Moses. Even though uh, the book of Psalms would have been compiled much later, uh, these are, are, I believe, words that were written by the same Moses that we see in the book of Exodus. And we see at the beginning of the psalm, we see language uh, of uh, really of, of God's anger toward his people. And we know that was the case if we read the story of Exodus as God's people are delivered and they're on their way to the promised land, but they continue to sin. Uh, they continue to seek false gods and God is angry with his people and ultimately they end up uh, wandering in the wilderness. But, but in this psalm, I would encourage you to read it all on your own time and, and get the whole context of it. Moses is acknowledging the anger of God, the power of God, uh, but really hoping for the grace of God, that God's people will recognize how powerful God is and how great He is and how, how, how great His anger sometimes is, that we would recognize that, recognize how finite we are, that our life is limited, and that we would rejoice in the Lord and, and, uh, and find God's grace and live right. That's kind of summing up, I think, Psalm 90. But we'll look at Psalm 90, verse 10. And then we'll pray, and then we will jump into it. Our lives last 70 years, or if we are strong, 80 years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly, and we fly away. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for your good words. And God, I pray that you just would hide me behind the cross, that you would help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to bring glory to you. God, I pray that these words would help us to reflect on our life and think about our days, dear Lord. They are numbered. And God, I pray that you would help us do the most with our numbered days. God, I pray that you free us of distractions this morning and that our attention is on you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I've got something I want to show you guys here, if, if the uh, computer will work from this distance. Let's see here. All right, here we have a picture on the screen. What is that a picture of? Well, I'll tell you, it may be hard to see because it's kind of small, but that is a dash, a dash. You use dashes sometimes. You see them on your, on your keyboard, on your computer, and you type things, and sometimes you put a dash in. And, and we see this dash, and we really don't think anything of it, but we see dashes commonly in one particular place. I'll add to the picture and show you where we may see this dash at. A dash doesn't really tell us much, but yet when we walk through the cemetery, when we look on every tombstone we see, we see a dash. And before that dash is a year, and that's the year that people are born. And after that dash is a year, and that's the year that they die. And when we walk through a cemetery, people's whole lives are summed up in a dash. And what does that dash tell us about somebody's life? Well, it does not tell us much. And one day, if we live long enough and Jesus Christ does not return and take us home, you and I will be in the ground and you and I will have a date with a dash in between it. 
And people will come to us and they will, they will look at that. Well, they won't come to us. They'll come to the cemetery and they'll come to that tombstone and they'll see the, that name and they'll see the years and they'll see the dash and that's all that they will know about you. And the people that you know now, they will know you and they will remember you and your children will know and remember you and your grandchildren will know and remember you. But a hundred years from now, I hate to break it to you, but there's probably not going to be anybody on this earth that's going to know you. You are going to be nothing but a name on a piece of rock with a couple of years and a dash. But what about your dash? What is your life? Now, you can't see that on a tombstone. You can't see what a life is by looking at a dash. And so we can't, we can't expect that when we're dead and gone that a rock with our name and numbers on it is going to mean anything to anybody because it's not going to mean anything to anybody. You'll be a name in a record book. You'll be a name on a tombstone. But what is the legacy that you are going to leave behind because that dash isn't going to say anything about who you are. But what is going to say something about who you are is what you do while you are alive. Because once you are dead and gone, you won't be able to have an impact in this world. But while you are still alive, you can have an impact. You can have an impact that lasts long after you take your last breath. And if you just live your life for you, and you don't love and you don't invest in other people, and you don't impart what wisdom and knowledge you have on another generation, when you are dead and gone, all that will be left of you will be a name and numbers on a rock. I don't know about you, but I want to leave something better than that. I want there to be something better in my life that I do while I'm living that extends past the time that I'm alive. And so God gives us a little bit of time a little bit of time. Isn't it, isn't it interesting when you're young, you're 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, somebody that's 60 years old seems super old. You're young and your grandparents are, are that age and you think, man, they are old. And then you grow up and then you get to be 20 and 30 and 40. And then when you get to be 40, well, 60 doesn't seem so old. And then you get to be 60 and then you think, well, 90 and 100, that's pretty old. And then you get to be 80 and you think, well, maybe not 90 is, is not that old after all. And as our life begins to, uh, begins to extend, as God blesses us with years, our life goes by so quickly. And when you're a kid, you think a year is an eternity. I mean, you know what that was like. If you're a kid, you still know. How long does it take to get from one Christmas to the next? It takes 10 years when you're a kid. But when you get to be older... And I'm only 38. And right now it feels like it takes about 10 minutes to get from one Christmas to the next. It's like we go Christmas shopping this month and we do all the Christmas stuff and then it's like we got to go Christmas shopping. Wait a minute, we just did that last week. But time flies by so quickly. So don't take time for granted. We do that sometimes. We take our time for granted. We think, oh, I've got plenty of time to get my life on track. I've got plenty of time to do what's right. I've got plenty of time to seek the Lord and repent. But I'm going to live for myself for now. But hold up. You need to seek the Lord while you can. Because if you live your whole life saying, I'm going to seek the Lord later, and you continue to harden your heart, 
I'm going to seek the Lord later and you continue to harden your heart. The bad news is, is that later may never come. Now that's a scary thing to think about. That if we continue to put the Lord off and say, I've got another day. Maybe that other day won't come. Or maybe we don't have another day. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you, this is life. I mean, you're not promised the rest of this day. I might not make it through this sermon. I mean, you don't, you don't know how many days you have. And even, and even if God should give you 80 years or 90 years or maybe even 100 years, that's not a long time. I should have asked some folks before I preached this sermon, but I, I, I'm going to go on a limb and venture to say that if I were to go and ask some of you that have lived 80 and 90 years, does it seem like a long time to you or a short time? You probably would say it went by really quickly. It goes by quick. You, you begin to grow up and you get married and you have children, and I hear, I hear parents say this all the time. Well, they're graduating from kindergarten this year and they're graduating from high school next year. It goes so quickly. And there's all these things we're going to do. And some of them are good, fun things. We're going to go on that vacation. We're going to go see this family member. These things that we're going to do. And we never get around to it. But how many important things are we going to do? I'm going to spend more time with my family. I'm going to spend more time with my grandkids. I'm going to go talk to that person that maybe we had an argument years ago and had a fight. I'm going to go talk to that person that we're not on good standing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've got some going to do it that I've been going to do for years, and I still ain't done it. And how long will that last? How many opportunities will I have to do what I'm going to do? Because we sometimes get our priorities wrong. And the stuff that we're going to do that we should do, we don't do. Because we end up doing stuff that really doesn't matter. We end up worrying about stuff and caring about stuff that really doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you what, I've, I've been, been with a lot of folks in their last days when they don't have much time left, and I'll tell you what I have never heard a single person say. I wish I would have worked more and spent less time with my family. Nobody says that. Nobody says those kind of things. Nobody says, man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have held a, a bigger grudge against that person that I've hated for the last 50 years. Nobody says that. Nobody says, man, I wish I, wish I would have made more and more money so that I could have it in my bank account now when I die. Nobody says that kind of stuff. Why? Because it does not matter. Because when we get to the end of our life, we realize what matters. Now, what we want to do, hopefully, is, is realize what matters before we get to our deathbed. That you realize today that your family matters. That you realize today doing what's right for the Lord matters. That you realize today that forgiving people who have sinned against you and restoring relationships matters. That you realize today that there are people in need that you can help. Do it, because that is what matters. We're not going to get to the end of our life and say, man, I wish I would have helped less people in my life. I really hate that I bought that person a meal. I wish I had that $7 back. Well, nowadays with inflation, $14. But we don't say those kind of things, right? Because we know what matters 
but we need to get it into our head that our life is short. Your life is short. So what are you going to do with it? Well, Moses, he got that. And he said it in Psalm 90, verse 10. He says, our lives last 70 years, or if we are strong, 80 years. Or if we are really strong, 90 years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Can we say amen to that? Yes, we can. Because we get it. Our years are a struggle and sorrow. And it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. The struggles and the sorrows change throughout our years. But we have our struggles and our sorrows. And Moses acknowledges that. Look, our life is short and it is tough. But we must continue to go on. We must continue to live our life, no matter how long or how short it is, no matter how good or how tough it may be. We need to acknowledge, look, my years are limited. So let me make the most of my years. Let me make the most of my years. And how do we do that? We do that by serving the Lord. Now, people may not remember who you are in 100 years, but the things you do today can have an effect in the world in 100 years. The lessons that you, that, you, that you teach your children and your grandchildren, the actions that you show them, the Word of God that you share with them, the things that you put into them, guess what? Listen carefully to this. Guess what? They will pass that on to their children and grandchildren. Now here's why I'm telling you to listen. Because if your kids see from you, you live in a sinful lifestyle, they see that you treat other people poorly. They see that you don't care about other people. They see that you don't care about God's Word. They see that you fight with your spouse. They see that you lie and cheat and steal and curse. They see that you come to church once or twice a year to check it off your list. They see that you act a certain way around church folks, but you act another way when you're at home. When your children and grandchildren see that, that will be your legacy that will last from generation to generation to generation. That is not a good legacy for us to leave. So we must do better with our 70 and 80 years. We must do better. Our world is a mess, if you haven't looked around lately. And it did not become a mess overnight. It became a mess, I believe, partly because previous generations did not impart wisdom of the Word of God into current generations. And current generations grow up in broken families, with broken marriages, in abuse, and they grow up and have children, and they repeat that cycle. And maybe some of us are in that cycle. Maybe we came out of that cycle. Maybe if we are honest, in our homes, we are, we are repeating that cycle for our kids, but we've got to do better. As mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles, we've got to do better at teaching our kids what matter. When are you going to start doing it? Well, I hope you've been doing it. But if you hadn't, today's a good day to start. Because your time 
is limited. So those things that you're going to do, you better do them. Now, I ain't talking about the vacations and stuff. Yeah, do that too. If you want to go to France or Italy, do that if you want to do it. You only live once. But I'm talking about the more important things. I'm talking about the broken relationships. You need to, you need to work with those people. You need to try to mend those things. I'm talking about doing the work of God. That thing that God has been laying on your heart to do for, for 30, 40, 50 years and you hadn't been doing it and you say, I'm going to do it. Well, it's time to going to do it because your time is limited. And Moses says our days are short. James says the same things. He says our, our life is but a vapor. It's, it's like smoke that's here for one second and gone in the next second. So our, our life is here and it's gone. And one day, when your life is gone, we're going to lay you in the ground, and there's going to be a rock placed at the head called your tombstone, and there's going to be some years there with a dash that separate those years. What's going to be in your dash? It's small. It's not much to look at on a tombstone, but it says a lot about a person. If you know that person, it says a lot about a person if that person has spent all the time in between those years doing the work of the Lord. And one day our time will be gone. And for those who put our faith in the Lord, Moses said, indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. We know that old song, right? That's one of our favorites. I'll fly away. And Moses knows that to be true even when he penned these words. Yeah, my years will be short, and one day I'll fly away. If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we will fly away to an eternity with the Lord. But until that time comes, we have work to do. Sometimes we have to pray and say, Lord, help me to see what that work is, because I don't know what my work is to do. But we have work to do. And I hope today that you leave a legacy. A legacy that's built on the Word of God. A legacy that's built on Jesus Christ and Christ crucified and resurrected. A legacy that tells your kids, this is what is important. This is what we live by. We live by the Word of God. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. And we all have to make that decision. We all have to make the decision of who we are going to live for for the 70 or 80 years. And many make the decision, I'm going to live for myself. And that's not a good decision to make. Maybe some of you have made that decision. But what God calls us to is he wants us to make a better choice. He wants us to choose his son, Jesus Christ. He wants us to choose Jesus Christ and not live for ourselves, but to live for Jesus. You've got a little time left, don't know how much, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 10 years, maybe 20 years. You've got a little time left. May we make the most of the time. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today and we thank you for these good words. And I pray that you would help us to reflect on our life. God, we think we got, we got a lot of time. And maybe we do, some of us. But God, we don't know how much time we've, we've got. And God, we know that sometimes we, we waste our time. We put off till tomorrow what we should do today. 
So God, I pray that you would help us to do today what we need to do today. God, I pray that you would help us to impart your word and your wisdom into a future generation. Dear Lord, there are no politicians that are going to change this world. What will change our world, dear Lord, is when hearts are changed. And God, you are the only one that can change hearts. So God, let our focus be to get your word to a world that needs to hear it. To a world that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he is your son who died on the cross so that they could be forgiven and restored. God, I pray that if there's one in this room today that does not know Jesus Christ, that today that they would repent. Maybe they've wasted years living for themselves, but today they realize, God, that they want to live for the one who died for them. Let them repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ. God, for those that are here today that are yours, I pray that you would help us to do, to do, to do the things we need to do. To examine our lives, dear Lord, like we talked about last week, to see if, if we're being a good father or a good mother or a good aunt and uncle or a good grandmother and good grandfather, dear Lord. If we don't teach our kids, God, somebody will. But God, let us teach them. Let us teach them your word. Let us teach them your will. Dear Lord, that we don't leave our future generations to be raised by the world. But God, we let them be raised by your word. So God, I pray that you help us to rejoice in the days you have given us. And to rejoice in the days that we have left. That God, we would make the most of our numbered days. God, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.